Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Let's ride. for the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. What is up, Incline fans? Hope you're all doing well out there. This is Kevin Klein. Hate to say, or actually I'd love to say, I told you so, your Los Angeles Dodgers are tied for first place in the National League West. They are now 85-49 and on the season. We got a very exciting episode, some awesome topics to cover, including the sweep of the Atlanta Braves, the upcoming Giants series in San Francisco, which starts tomorrow night, Friday evening. That'll go through Sunday. And we have a giveaway. We got a Corey Seager World Series bobblehead giveaway exclusively from this podcast. So stay tuned how you can have your best shot to win that. We also have an awesome guest joining us today on the incline as well. He's making his return. He was with us. He was with us a couple months ago. His analysis was so great. We had to bring him back. It's KSBY Sports Anchors own Dusty Baker. Dusty. Follow him on Twitter at Dusty Baker TV. How you doing? That is a, the heck of an intro. Twice now you've uh, you've killed the intro, man. Uh, but yeah, it's an honor to be back on the uh, the best Dodgers podcast out there. And uh, you know, it's a, it's a great squad we got here. And how about uh, the timing too? I mean, when uh, when I obviously was asked to join this podcast, um, the Dodgers, I believe, were at that time in second place. And so now that we're talking. They are currently tied at the top. Now, now we obviously wish that they were alone at the top, but 
you know what? Sometimes they've got to take uh, things into their own hands, matters into their own hands, and they had that opportunity this weekend. So excited to talk about the uh, the best rivalry in sports. Uh, and uh, after saying that, I can just feel the tears coming from San Diego. <laughs> April 28th is the last time the Dodgers were even in first place, and that was a tie. David Rosenthal, you're going to the game tomorrow night, I believe. What is up? Hey, Kevin, Jake, Dusty, good to be back. Uh, wasn't on the episode last week. Uh, had something I had to take care of. So can I just say real quick, the Padres are a joke, okay? They suck. They're a joke. Their fan base sucks, and we took out the trash. They're finished. Maybe they'll get the second wild card. Maybe. Uh, but they're they're garbage. Not worth discussing anymore. Moving on to the Giants. Just had to get that out of the way. I'm ecstatic that we are tied with the Giants right now. I did not expect to be tied going into this series. I thought we were going to be one, two, maybe three back. Uh, so I'm looking forward to this series. I'm going to be there Friday and Saturday. The Giants are kind of hurt right now. Uh, their rotation is kind of hurt. Uh, Wood is out with COVID. Cueto's hurt. Uh, Webb pitched today, so we'll miss him. Gosman pitched the day before, so we'll miss him. So it's basically Anthony Discalfani and nobody. Uh, so I'm looking forward to analyzing this here in the in the, the coming minutes. Uh, but this is this is shaping up nicely for the Dodgers. I'm just going to say that. And finally, Jake Reiner, what are your thoughts on the Dodgers being back on top? Well, I I've been saying it all along that they needed to go on a ridiculous run and they've been on one of those ridiculous runs that we saw in 2017, 2019 and so on and so forth. This was what needed to happen. And David mentioned the injuries to the giants. And I've always said that the giants just didn't have enough of a foundation to handle all of those injuries. And so you're going to see those cracks, those cracks in the armor. And you're, and you're starting to see that right now. Whereas the Dodgers have been able to pretty much hold serve the entire way, dealing with a ton of different injuries. You've had guys step up out of nowhere. AJ Pollock is having the season of his life. Uh, Chris Taylor carried this team for a while. Uh, Max Muncy's been an MVP caliber, MVP caliber player. Um, the additions of Trey Turner and Max Scherzer came at the perfect time. Um, their record with those two guys uh, on the field is unreal. Um, so this is, is basically the stars are aligning for this team. All they needed to do was hold serve till they got healthy. Now they've got the full lineup in there. And with the exception of Cody Bellinger, who just can't hit, anything right now um this is the squad and we're still waiting for kershaw to come back and all of that but we have we have our strong bullpen we have our strong lineup and you're basically in and and i said this on twitter you don't want to see this team get hot this is a team that is what is the most dangerous team in all of baseball i want to say it was you jake who predicted max muncie would have another 30 home run season and he yep. did it last yep. night by cracking out his 30th off Max Freed. I was at the game last night. It was exhilarating. We're going to dive into that to kick off the show. The Dodgers finished up, finished off a sweep of the Atlanta Braves, as I mentioned earlier, capping off a 4-3 to three victory Wednesday night. Let's start with Max Scherzer. He went six strong innings, three hits allowed, no earned runs, nine strikeouts. There was a questionable decision, which actually – turned out to be an injury to Scherzer but during the game there was a lot of confusion why Scherzer was taken out of the game on a 75 pitch count after the game Scherzer explained hamstring tightness he said this has happened to him before but he's found ways to work around it I don't know if I'm still buying into this but 
we'll start on the Scherzer front, just how dominant he's been. A cool stat about Max Scherzer is that he tied Clayton Kershaw, his 36th game where he's had nine plus strikeouts and no walks. The only person ahead of both of them is Randy Johnson with 41 of those. Let's start with Max Scherzer. What are your guys' thoughts? Just what he's been doing for this Dodgers pitching staff. Well, they need him healthy. That's step one. Uh, I'm a little concerned just about the fact that, uh, you know, we didn't hear anything during the game. And I I was one of the first ones to criticize Dave Roberts pretty immediately. I've been known to do that, where uh, if there's a decision that sticks out that just doesn't make any sense, a.k.a. having Scherzer taken out after 76 pitches, I I was immediately going to jump at that. And when you find out, of course, that uh, he pulled a hammy, uh, as you mentioned, at the start of the game um, in the first inning, Number one, amazing that he was able to thoroughly dominate uh, one of the hottest teams in baseball offensively. Uh, Six innings, nine strikeouts, no runs allowed, and a whip of .5. I mean, uh, truly an incredible performance for a guy that wasn't even fully healthy. But the Dodgers need him in October. It's obvious that they're going to make it to October. We still have a a long way to go in terms of uh, whether they will be playing in that wild card game or, as everybody hopes and, and imagines, that they will be playing their first playoff game in the NLDS. Uh, They need Scherzer regardless one way or another. Um, I'm a little interested to see what happens on September the 6th. That's the day that the Dodgers are supposed to have Max Scherzer toe the rubber in St. Louis, uh, which, by the way, the Cardinals, they may not be one of those breakout teams this season, but they are no joke. That's, That's not an easy series by any means, especially on the road. So they will need Scherzer's services. Uh, but I'm curious to see if Roberts elects to keep Scherzer uh, in that spot in the rotation. If he decides to push it back, it sounds like from what we've been hearing uh, that he will be making that start. And that uh, obviously I'm getting taken out after the sixth was um, just some sort of precaution, but it is something to monitor. Uh, but man, this guy has just been thoroughly dominant over the last two weeks has gone 18 and two thirds innings, two wins, no losses, 27 Ks. That's good for 13.02 K per nine, which is ridiculous. So he's still missing bats left and right, even at his age. Uh, Now, obviously the talk is, you know, do the Dodgers extend Scherzer? I think we got to worry about the season first, but it's something interesting to keep in mind that obviously at the end of this year, you have Scherzer and Kershaw that will both hit free agency along with the whole squad of Seager, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, uh, I mean, this dude has been arguably the best pitcher in baseball since the Dodgers got him. Uh, Six starts, 35 innings, 129 ERA, 50 strikeouts, and a 164 FIP with a 310 ERA plus. That's that's ridiculous. Uh, He's done everything and beyond for this Dodgers team. Uh, You know, obviously with the injuries and the drama of the of the pitching rotation, this this was much needed. Uh, and he's delivered and then some, so I'm, I'm super stoked that we have him. I would love to see him extended along with Kershaw. Uh, but I agree. That's, you know, we can get to that problem when we come to it. Uh, as of now, little disappointed. We won't see him in San Francisco. Uh, they, they could have reworked the rotation earlier this week to make it happen. Uh, but you know, they got the win, uh, yesterday behind his six, six strong innings. And I would like to apologize to Dave Roberts. Uh, yesterday I, I was not very kind to him. I accused him of having a stroke. I wanted a doctor to look at him. And uh, my bad, Dave. Uh, my bad. I'm glad Max, I, is, Max is going to be okay. 
Can I just say, and I said this in the chat with you guys, I was like, this move seems even too dumb for Dave Roberts. I mean, the, the, yeah, it, just, yeah. it made no sense. I was like, he has to be hurt or had to feel something or had to have pulled himself out of the game. There's no way at 76 pitches with your two best relievers unavailable that night that you take that guy out of the game at that point. And the other decision, though, that I think you could criticize him for is bringing in Gratterall in, yeah. in that situation. That's, that's where I'm going to go in a second. I'm still on the fence though, because I was, I saw Gratterall warming up in the bullpen early on in the six when Scherzer was out there. So I'm still trying to figure out what this communication lapse was or when Scherzer revealed to Roberts, like, hey, I got to come out. I still don't know if he's just trying to defend Roberts or it's a legitimate injury because he did not show him favoring either hamstring at all during that game. And he looked like comfortable. So I don't know. I'm still baffled, but it is what it is. And I'm not going to make a thing out of it. Yeah. So I do want to talk about Gratterall since Jake brought it up. We can apologize to Robert. It's like David said, but still going to Brewstar Gratterall in the seventh was the wrong move. Always was the wrong move. He is just not a high leverage reliever. If you guys want to debate me on that, go for it. But I have the stats to back it up. He was the one who did give up that two run home run to Eddie Rosario in the seventh to tie the game two two over his last nine point. 9.1 innings pitched. He has a 1.61 whip, a 4.82 ERA. He's been bad against left-handed hitters all season long. They now have a 9.54 OPS against him at Dodger Stadium. I found this stat very puzzling. He's a 6.08 ERA as compared to on the road where he has an ERA of under 2 or under 3, I should say. And it's just it's bad 8.60 OPS at Dodger Stadium, 555 on the road. In safe situations, he's pitched 5.1 innings, 844 ERA with an 882 OPS. But somehow with runners in scoring position, they're batting 118 off him. And we all know the narrative. He can't miss bats. So Gradall is probably one of the most confusing relievers I've ever stumbled upon. And if you think about it, if Cody Ballinger doesn't rob Fernando Tatis Jr. in the playoffs last year, this guy's getting Pedro Baez level hate right now. Like the, the fact that, you know, I love his passion. I love his attitude. The fact that he looks like he can, it looks effortless to throw 102 miles an hour. It just doesn't look like he's even trying, um, which is even more baffling as to how he cannot miss bats. I mean, maybe just the movement is just not there. Maybe it's, just, maybe it's a flat 102 and these guys are good enough now to where, if they face, you know, 98 plus up at the plate, it's not as difficult as it once was. Um, and a bunch of guys are throwing over hundred miles an hour, but nobody, you know, you know, if you don't have the movement like Trinan does, or even close to that, you're not going to miss many bats, but yeah, this guy is not, should not be used in, in high leverage situations, especially um, when last night, I mean, you know, these are, you can call them must wins if you want. I like to call them must wins just because of where the Dodgers are in the standings, but like you, you can't get cute and screw around in, in, in these late innings. Yeah. It's a little concerning with uh, putting Gratterall in there. If you look at his baseball savant page, there's a lot of red and that's not a good thing. Um, that means that uh, guys are torching his three pitches that he throws. He throws his sinker 62% of the time, the slider 34 and he throws his four-seam fastball only 3% of the time. He's thrown a total of 11 of those, which is kind of remarkable, and he's gotten shelled every time throwing that. Um, the one guy that I was a little interested that I, we didn't see out there um, was Corey Knable. I know that he hasn't necessarily had uh, the best appearances the past month, but when you talk about reliability, 
Um, that's still somebody that I think I'd rather see. Yeah, the last month has been a little bit harder on him, uh, where, of course, you look at where ZRA is at, it's 4.5. It's still nothing over the top like what we've seen from Gratterall, um, you know, over the course of this season. Uh, the other guy that I'm kind of curious to see how the Dodgers are going to handle moving forward is Justin Brule, just because it seems like they like to put him in these – a low leverage, either if they're down, you know, kind of clean up situations, but he's actually been relatively productive in that role. Uh, I don't know if I'd trust him yet in that kind of situation, but if you look at the numbers statistically, Brol actually kind of makes a little bit more sense than even Gratterall does. I, like I said, I don't know if I really feel confident either direction in that. I'd rather put our better, better guy in there, which is Knable. You have Joe Kelly that uh, actually, I think needs uh, a bit of recognition just based off the fact that he closed that game out uh, effectively. And uh, once again, it's against a really good offensive team. So it's good to see Joe Kelly stepping up to the contract that we're kind of giving him here that uh, all of a sudden you can rely on somebody else potentially to get those outs in the ninth inning. Um, obviously, having the the man that's nails, Blake, Blake Trinan is the one that you always want in there. Yeah. So that's the main guy that uh, I think all four of us trust the most. <laughs> I'd be worried if we didn't, honestly. But, yeah, I mean, it's – Gratterall's puzzling because, you know, the, the velocity is, you know, arguably the highest in, in baseball. He's in the 100th percentile in, in velocity. But then you go to his exit velocity stats, and he's in 28th percentile, which means he's – when the guys make contact, it's it's going hard and it's going far. Uh, and that goes that goes all to the, the, the pitch movement on the on the fastball. It's, it's flat. It's pretty – it's pretty damn flat. And, uh, you know, a lot of people will say like, well, it's 102. Like, why, why can't he just get, you know, get guys out with that? And it's, it's you know, if, you, if hitters are facing 97 and 98 and making contact with it, once you get up to 102, it's, it's all you got to do is change your timing a tiny bit and you're right there. So, you know, 102 flat is significantly worse than 96 with a lot of movement, which is what we see from Vasilla. Uh, which is why he's able to get get by with so many fuck you fastballs down the middle of the plate. Uh, so there's the there's the tale of two stories right there. Is is Gratterall can't just get by with 102 if it's if it's just coming in like an arrow. Yes. Okay. So to wrap up the rest of the game, the Dodgers did end up falling behind three to two, but they got to Tyler Matzek, who had been one of the most reliable Braves relievers. He gave up a run on back to back nights which was just remarkable given that this Dodgers team for most of the season, when they were down one run going into the ninth, it was almost like a guaranteed loss. They've now won eight straight one run games. They stormed back from behind, took the four, three lead in the eighth inning. AJ Pollock drove in the go ahead run. Justin Turner tied the game up both with two outs. I'm not taking credit for the comeback because the players on the field did it, but I'm going to take credit for getting into Chris Martin's head because I had a good enough seat where I know he could hear me and I psyched him out when he came in from the bullpen. The first thing I yelled was you're the less talented Chris Martin. I then said, you're going to blow this game just like you blew game seven last season. And then I said, you'll never be as good as Coldplay." And the section loved it. They were all laughing at him and it came true. Chris Martin, just like in the NLCS gave the Dodgers the lead. Yeah. So we all owe you one, Kevin. Uh, <laughs> um, I just have to say about the comeback and the, you mentioned the string of uh, one run wins that the Dodgers have had. You said uh, they've won eight, right? Um, it, 
these are not like we were talking about earlier in the season, how like these are kind of coin flip games. And I sort of, you know, kind of didn't really uh, subscribe to that just just because the execution wasn't there. It was like they were losing these one run games, but they weren't making defensive plays. They were, you know, booting balls in the infield. They were using relievers that shouldn't have been out there at the time. And, you know, Vasilla wasn't as strong and Mitch White wasn't as strong. And uh, Roberts was kind of being forced because of all the injuries. But now that everybody's coming back, they're executing a lot better. And the comeback the other night was vintage 2017 style comeback, where it was like you even, the you know, didn't matter the deficit. And on that 2017 team, I always felt that they had a chance. And like for the majority of this season, it was like, as soon as they got down in the eighth or ninth, it was like, you know, it, good luck. You know, it'll, we'll, we'll need a fluke to come back from this one. But, but last night was, was an example of just the two out hitting that they were able to get Justin Turner, AJ Pollock, huge clutch, two out hits. Um, that's the, that's the Dodgers team. I know. That's the Dodgers team that is scary to play against. And that is, and I'm glad we're seeing it now down the stretch. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of funny. Uh, obviously, Chris Martin steps in and I think everybody kind of starts licking their chops right there, thinking back to game seven. Um, that may have been the one time actually that I wouldn't have been totally upset to see Cody Bellinger. I think one thing to mention is that uh, having Bellinger come in uh, and then not having Pujol switch uh, was something that I was a little bit, kind of curious uh, why Roberts didn't make that move. But, um, you know, when you have the name Chris Martin, uh, instead of having a sky full of stars, it was a sky full of baseballs. And uh, the Dodgers found a way to uh, knock him around once again. It was a beautiful sight. And honestly, it's one of those games, I think, that when we see on October the 3rd where the Dodgers end up, right? Because obviously the season's going to go to that final three days uh, of the regular season there in October. I think that's a game we could pull back to and, and notice that the offense started to click there in the clutch, uh, something that we really haven't seen throughout the majority of this year. Uh, kind of going off Jake's point, you know, you go back to years uh, in which this team kind of reminds you of uh, former Dodger teams. A lot of this season has felt like the 2018 Dodgers, a lot of ways. And this was the first game that I actually felt like, okay, this team has 2017 feel to it uh, because, and it has 2020 feel to it as well. Um, the fact that there is the clutch factor, the fact that guys can step in with runners in scoring position and, and they can actually drive guys in. Justin Turner's had a rough month. He really has not put it together. Muncie's not been much better over the last month either. But the fact that both of those guys had some sort of production over this three-game stretch is really all I needed to see that this team is back on track. Uh, after that Rockies series, which, I mean, Crazy enough, that's only a few days removed from that, you know, which yeah. may have been the worst played series the Dodgers have had all year long. Um, so it's very important that the Dodgers not only won the series, but that sweep over the Braves is very telling that this team knows where they're at. They do care because I think there's oftentimes a lot of people that sit there and say, well, they just don't care. They're, they're gearing up for October. They do care about where they're at. They know where they're at in the standings. Um, and this was super crucial, especially taking that momentum into San Francisco. Okay. Uh, two things. I guess I'll start with the catchers because I love talking about catchers. Austin Barnes hit another home run last night off Max Freed. Second consecutive game where he's caught Max Scherzer and has hit a home run. Since August 24th, Dodgers catchers, only Barnes and Smith obviously, are combined for a tw- are combined 12 for 32. That's a 375 batting average. 
with six home runs. So it's just awesome to have a position where you plug in either bat right now and they're giving you offensive production and excellent defense behind the plate. And I don't think other teams have that luxury. No, I mean, that's why they're comfortable trading Kyber Ruiz in that Scherzer-Turner trade. Uh, you know, I'm sure they could have, you know, they probably would have had to fought off, fought, fight off the Padres uh, to just get one of Scherzer or Turner. Uh, but my, my theory is that I, I do think the Padres had a deal to get Scherzer and the Dodgers were like, okay, you know what? We'll throw in one more. Give us Trey Turner. Let's make this happen. So I think that's what happened. But, but to my point, Barnes, you know, Kevin's going to love me saying this, but Barnes is an incredible backup catcher, like maybe the best in the league, uh, you know, with obviously Smith is the more talented player. You can't, you can't keep his bat out, bat out of the lineup for long. Uh, but Barnes is no slouch. Uh, I mean, he's, he's not amazing at the plate, but this season he's been above average and we all know he can, he can call games behind the plate. He plays good defense. Uh, but to have the luxury of have him catch, you know, one out of every five days is quite a treat. And obviously pitchers like thrown to him. We've seen Smith take strides as well. Uh, but having them, you know, together uh, is quite the luxury. All right. So then the other thing that I want to talk about, and then we'll wrap up this brave series because there's two other games that, some cool stuff happened as well, but David mentioned it earlier. A lot of people were upset that Max Scherzer wasn't lined up to face the San Francisco giants, but Andrew Friedman apparently explained this reasoning and it makes a lot of sense to me. First of all, we want to beat the Braves and especially when the giants lost that night, a win against the Braves and a giants loss. That's good enough for me. You want to get those guaranteed wins because the Braves lineup is no joke and having Scherzer go against that team and holding holding them to zero runs. It's huge in my mind, but the reason they're not pushing Scherzer back is because after this off day, the Dodgers do have 13 consecutive games and they want to line up Scherzer in a more optimal spot so that they can have him face the Cardinals and have him face the Padres. Because if you put them on short rest in any of those games, you're, you're really risking injury or him wearing down. So I think ultimately the Dodgers are lining up this pitching series with the giants just fine. They'll have David Price game one slash bullpen and then Julio Urias and Walker Bueller. That's good enough for me. And we already talked about how the Giants aren't even throwing their aces. So it's just going to come down to the Dodgers bats showing up, in my opinion. Uh, if the, Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I just I mean, the, the thing about. We shouldn't be having Scherzer going on short rest. Just absolutely not at his age. Um, and th that's a desperation move. And the Dodgers are not operating from a place of desperation at this point they're tied for first place they're in a really good spot they're facing the giants they could essentially make the gap you know make a gap and make it wide um for three games if they sweep um so this is not a team that is has their backs up against the wall that's what you do when it's you know down to the nitty-gritty and you need um your best starter out there on short rest but the good news is for the dodgers is that they have you know, three or four other aces on this team. I mean, Bueller's probably going to win NL Cy Young. He's my pick to win NL Cy Young. Julio Urias has been fantastic this season. And so you've, and, and David Price has been serviceable, not great. And you're going to get Kershaw back at some point. So um, the Dodgers have gone this far, not making any of their starters go on short rest. They love doing the bullpen game. So they'll probably do more of those, which I, which I hate as well. 
But yeah, there's no reason to put Max Scherzer on short rest. And I agree that he's got to face, you know, he's got to face all the tough teams and like having them line up against the Giants would have been nice. But I agree with Dave, I agree with Kevin, like it, you need you needed to win that series against the Braves. Yeah. And, and the other thing is, too, when you look at schedule moving forward, I mean, you have an entire month still left in the regular season. I know that we want to have the Dodgers win this three game series and possibly sweep against the Giants, but realize that the Giants are also not going undefeated the rest of the year, right? While, while every game does matter, and I'm going to make that very clear, every game does matter. If you look at the Giants' schedule ahead, it's no joke. Keep in mind that they just struggled and walked past the Braves losing that series in Atlanta. They're going to have to face the Braves again. Uh, and they also have to face the Padres 10 times. And so you know that's going to be uh, several emotional series right there because the Padres still think that they're relevant when they're not. Um, but they're going to give the Giants everything they've gotten those those three series against them, and uh, especially the final one, because that may be the Padres holding on for their dear playoff lives right there. So they're going to throw the house at the Giants then. Um, it's not something that I want to see with the Dodgers losing a series, obviously, but if you're going to give me Julio, you're going to give me Walker Buehler, uh, two of the three games, I'm pretty fairly confident. Uh, no matter who the Giants throw, and obviously we know they're not throwing their aces or ace, if you will. Uh, I'm pretty confident the Dodgers can at least take two out of three, and uh, the Dodgers schedule the rest of the way. It's relatively favorable as opposed to the Giants that have the Padres, the Braves, the Padres, uh, and then they've got a couple squeaky series here with the the Rockies and the D-backs. Um, I just feel like the Dodgers are in a really good position right now, and kind of going off Jake's point, you know, it's, it's got a lot of seasons still left and there's no desperation needed right now. Yes. Okay. So Corey Seager came through in the clutch in the second game of the series. He had the go ahead RBI double. That was huge. Blake Trinan back-to-back nights where he was flat out filthy. I know David always loves talking about Blake Trinan. So we can talk about Trinan some more in a second. Walker Buehler, 205 ERA. Still the best in Major League Baseball. Was not able to get a decision, but at least he didn't get the loss in that game. Game one featured Mookie Betts homering on his bobblehead night. That was epic. There were a few home runs hit in that game off Drew Smiley, who was not smiles in that game. Um, Julio Urias picked up his Major League leading 15th win. Who would have thought he could be flirting with 18, 19 wins to finish the season? That's just absolutely incredible for the young men. Breakout season for him. But yeah, this was a statement series for the Dodgers. Best team in the NL East and the Dodgers, what do they do? They swept them just like they dominated the Mets and just like they dominated and essentially lined themselves up to get Max Scherzer from the Nationals by just pounding the Nationals coming out of the All-Star break. Any other thoughts on this series before we move on? I just um, love I just love the way Mookie played. That's it. I mean, he just, he affects, he affects the game in so many different ways, robbing home run, hitting a home run, scoring the game, the go ahead run. And that one game that, that you're talking about with Seager um, it is just, it is just such a, um, a great thing to have. Yeah. I'm, I'm mostly ready to start previewing this giant series, but I'm very close to proclaiming Mookie Betts as being officially back. Uh, he's not quite there yet. He's, he's, circling he is almost there obviously last night was not a step in the right direction but the two games of that first the first two games of the series he's he's dangerously close to being very back 
Yeah. Shout out to the Dodgers at ruining uh, possibly the Braves' chances here of extending a division lead. They're only a game and a half up of Philadelphia. So creating a bit of a, a disaster out there on the NL East, you'll love to see it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And of course, Kenley Jansen picked up his 30th save as well in this series. What a bounce back season for Jansen. In July, it looked like he was sliding. A lot of people started to doubt him again. But over his last month or so he's really turned it around and hopefully he can carry that through september into october but you just never know with kenley jansen you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket with that man and we've been saying on the show you got to still line the matchups up and whether it's trying to close one night if the sia can get back on track have him close you just got to mix and match so don't get too complacent there dave roberts <laughs> he will but hopefully it doesn't bite us in the ass <laughs> All right. I think it's time to talk about the, the bobblehead giveaway. If you're watching on the video, here it is. Corey Seager, World Series bobblehead. You will get an unopened one. I have that right here as proof. All you have to do, we'll have it on Twitter, at the Incline Pod. You can retweet, follow the instructions there. But if you DM us with the code word, believe, you will get three extra bonus entries. And the next time we record, I will announce the winner. So all you have to do is follow us on Twitter at the Incline Pod, DM, message us, believe, and you will get those bonus entries. It's not a lot to ask, and it's free. You heard him. Your Los Angeles Dodgers, the San Francisco Giants. Mention it to kick off the pod, are deadlocked for first place. And this will be the final three-game series of the 2021 season. Thus far, we have an eight-game tie between the two teams. But unfortunately, the Giants have won five of the last seven meetings. But an interesting stat from a rival out in San Fran, Andrew Baggerly, who covers the San Francisco Giants, said, Today marks the first time the Giants and Dodgers have tied for the NL NL West lead in September since September 18th. 1997 that is a long time ago so there's a lot riding on this series although dusty mentioned it earlier this isn't like the end of the this isn't the end of the road if the dodgers were to drop this series but with that being said first of all we want to win the 2021 series all together so major bragging rights but let's get this one started we kind of know the pitching matchups. It looks like it'll be David Price against Descalfani in the first game, who's really struggled against the Dodgers this year. Then the second matchup's a little bit unknown. It's unannounced on the Giants' end, whether it's Quintana, who they recently acquired, or they go with a bullpen game, or use Shed Long. Really don't know, but regardless, Urias will start for the Dodgers, who I believe has had some success and also some bad hiccups against the giants this season and then finally walker bueller who's been lights out against the san francisco team will take on um johnny cueto who got lit up in his last outing so the, the floor is open where do you guys want to start with this uh, I'll, I'll kick it off to dusty yeah i mean it's kind of interesting because uh similar source that uh what you had as well about two hours uh from the time of recording uh Andrew Baggerly had tweeted saying Gabe Kapler's quote on the rotation for the weekend. He says, I don't anticipate a rotation per se. First of all, whoever uses per se anymore in any day language, <laughs> I don't know. So Gabe Kapler already strike one for you, pal. But um, 
it obviously is a mismatch in terms of uh, Dodgers starting rotation versus the Giants. Uh, that first game is a little bit of a concern for me just because David Price has not been particularly consistent on the hill. Um, and the other thing that scares me just a little bit is that you saw how the Dodgers fared against the Rockies pitching uh, just a weekend ago. And obviously they find ways to get shut down by guys that should have no business shutting them down, a.k.a. Senzatella, a.k.a. Kyle Freeland. So the one fear that I have, I guess, with the Giants not necessarily um, going all in on announcing, especially a Saturday starter, um, is that is that an element of surprise they're trying to throw at the Dodgers? Is it just truly that uh, they have absolutely no depth at this time? Is it a mix of the two? That's kind of how I see it right now. Uh, but what scares me is if the Dodgers lay over against a guy that they, quite frankly, should completely smack around, a.k.a. Quintana. Uh, if Quintana's out there, that should be a five-run first inning the Dodgers put on the board. Uh, it won't be, though. And, and it, no, won't no, be. it won't be. Exactly. Because the Dodgers somehow play down to their competition uh, when it's a pitcher that <laughs> is not normally dominant on the hill. So that's a massive fear for me. Uh, but on all fronts, there's absolutely no excuse why the Dodgers shouldn't at least take two out of three in the games that Arias and Bueller are pitching in. Uh, that first game is going to be a wild card game just in the sense that you don't really know what you're getting out of David Price. And so that's just a minor concern for me, especially on the road. Yeah, and just real quick, I'll, Jake, I'll let you go. But but they put Cueto on the IL, so we're not going to see Cueto this series. Uh, I think we're going to see Quintana for sure for as long as he can go. And like you said, Kevin, we're going to see Sammy Long as the bulk guy in the other game, I would imagine. So we're looking at two bullpen games. And if they knock around Descalfani, that could be three bullpen games. So we'll see. Descalfani's only pitched nine innings the last 30 days, so he hasn't even been healthy recently. So, look, if this Dodgers offense can finally get going, I can give you some stats in a minute. I want to let Jake talk for a second. But uh, this is this is prime. This is a prime situation for this, for this Dodgers team right now. If you were to cover your hand over the records of these teams and you just looked at the rosters as they're currently constructed, this should not even be a discussion. I don't even know where to begin with this Giants team. They have overperformed like no other team I've ever seen in my entire life watching baseball. And I've, you know, watched a considerable amount of baseball in my time. This is a, a fluke mystery if I've ever seen one from this team. And so it's time for them to collapse. It's time for the Dodgers to take what, to take back what they have earned thus far. They've played better than every other team except this one for some reason. And the head-to-head -head matchups, eight wins apiece. I mean, it's a true rivalry, even though the Dodgers haven't been fully healthy for any of these matchups. So this is, you know, they're not fully healthy now, but they're healthier than they've ever been at any point during the season. So this is the squad that the Dodgers have that I trust the most at this point. And so going into this series, I expect to win two out of three or at least sweep this team. But as you know, it's at Oracle Park in an unfriendly environment against a team that just gets a lot of breaks and they're going to play us tough. They always do. No matter if the Giants are good. The point I'm trying to make is, is that the, the Dodgers and the Dodgers should handle this series fairly well. It should be a sweep or a two out of three. They should not lose this series. Um, they have the better squad. 
this Giants team has overperformed wildly throughout the entire season, and it's time for them to collapse. The Dodgers need to take advantage of this, but they are playing at Oracle Park. It's an unfriendly environment. It's a place where um, a lot of things go the Giants' way. Uh, their fans are going to be, you know, packed in attendance, ready to scream their heads off. The beat LA chance will be running rampant. Um, it's going to be a tough place to play, but given the fact that this is the last three, three games that they're, that these two teams are going to play against each other, this is going to be huge. And the Dodgers need to take care of business. All right. You said overachieved. So I'm just going to jump in with some allegations here. I think the giants are cheating. I legitimately think they're cheating. So I'm just going to run through some rosters here and I'm going to tell you how their home run totals match up career high, career high wise. Wilmer Flores, one shy of his career high. Brandon Belt, career high. Brandon Crawford, two shy of his career high. With an 867 OPS, his previous career high is 792. Darren Ruff, tied for career high. Alex Dickerson, career high. Slater, career high. Solano, career high. Duggar, career high. Yastrzemski, tied for career high. And, and I, I mentioned Brandon Belt. From 2011 to 2020, against breaking balls, he hit 202 with a 381 slugging percentage. This year, against breaking balls, he's hitting 317, uh, 917 OPS. They're cheating. I don't care what anyone says. Whatever they're doing is not legal. Whether it's in the video room, whether it's steroids, whether it's whatever it is, this, is, this cannot continue. And Gabe Kapler's got his stupid little glasses on. He's got his little lab assistant who also has his stupid little glasses on. And there's, they're up to something there. And we've, it's slowly, I didn't even mention Lamont Wade, who before this year, who the hell is Lamont Wade? Uh, so look, they're going to come crashing down. I've said it all along. This is the series they come crashing down right here. They're going to get swept all three games. They're going to lose them. One thing that's interesting. This is the first series between these two squads that Trey Turner will be a Dodger yep. and Chris Bryant will be a giant. So it's going to be interesting to see how those two play into this new rivalry. Because if you think about it, it's crazy the last time we played the Giants. Trevor Bauer uh, was playing a pretty huge role in that. And of course, we all know the storyline there. So these are two very different teams from the last times they faced each other. Uh, I'm very interested to see how the Dodgers lineup, though, fares against really garbage pitching over the weekend. Um, and as kind of Rosenthal, I just mentioned right there, the giants hitting this season has been insanely off base from what each player normally does. Yeah. But if you look over the last month, it's not like any of the giants are hitting particularly well. Yep. The, the one player that really stands out outside of Chris Bryant, who has been hitting very well over the last month, he's at 281. He's at a 539 slugging percentage. So he's getting on base at a 333 rate. You know, Bryant's going to cause some issues in that lineup. Okay. So that's, that's an obvious but the one guy they really just can't let them beat them uh, is Brandon Bell, who is hitting 227 over the last month, but his slugging percentage is 613. So right there with David's point, this dude is juicing or something because whenever he's making contact, it's going out of the ballpark. He has nine home runs over the last month. Uh, call me crazy. Joey Votto and Brandon Bell are hitting together, and uh, they, they met up with Barry Bonds over the past yeah. month. And right, somehow, some way, this is let, let me get on this because I'm not a sore loser. I'm not going down that route. But if the Giants are exposed, then I will come back to you guys and give you full credit. But maybe it's just the far hand effect because who was Max Muncy before he was a Dodger? Who was Chris Taylor before he was a Dodger? 
So maybe they just know how to pluck guys and find their strengths. But yeah, maybe, or they're just juicing each other's in the locker room. <laughs> okay, so the Giants, as we know, are a very platoon heavy team. They did lose Wilmer Flores to the IL, so that's a big boost for the Dodgers. But I looked at the numbers and I was actually surprised that in terms of hitting left-handed pitching, these two teams are not that far apart. Giants rank 15th with a 740 OPS. Dodgers are 17th, 735 OPS. That's relevant because the Dodgers will be throwing two lefties out there. Man, this Darren Ruff, I don't know where he came from. He was supposed to be a Dodger, opted to go to Korea instead a number of years ago. Entering today, Led the team with a 930 OPS, 397 on base. Chris Bryant has six home runs since putting on a Giants uniform. Buster Posey, after sitting out 2020, is still batting 303. Brandon Crawford, another guy actually slumping, so that's good news for us. Over his last 24 at-bats, he's only got three hits, which equates to a 125 batting average. Was an all-star earlier this year, but maybe his age is finally catching up to him. And Yastrzemski, 21 home runs, but he really struggles against left-handed pitching. So that should also favor the Dodgers. But it just seems like whoever the Giants threw out there, they just – they do their thing. So we can – Yeah, Lamont – yeah, don't and, – and don't sleep on Lamont Wade Jr. either. That guy is raking out of his mind. I mean, it just seems like every time the Giants are down a couple runs, he comes up there and hits a two-run shot to tie the game or take the lead at every single time it, without fail. Also – who is Thyro Estrada? Where did he come from? Why is he playing? Like, it just, I mean, it's just like every single guy was like, there was a stretch there where the Dodgers were calling up uh, AAA players left and right who couldn't make contact with the baseball. Meanwhile, they're over there in San Francisco calling guys up, hitting three run walk-off shots. I mean, it just, it made absolutely no sense why our guys, Luke Rayleigh, DJ Peters, Sheldon Noisy, none of those guys could hit anything. God, then that of was course, a dark era for us. This I know. This is the and worst then, part of the season. Oh my God. And then of course, brutal. And then of course, DJ Peters goes to the Rangers and starts hitting the crap out of the ball. Poor cleanup hitter. <laughs> I mean, but the thing is, is and I know we're getting off topic here, but the one thing I will say about DJ Peters is I don't know why they DFA'd him. Like, I really don't. Um, it made no sense to me why he was released, uh, uh, you know, in, <laughs> instead of Luke Rayleigh, for example. I mean, yeah. it just makes no sense. I swear, you remember how the, those old Buffalo Wild Wing commercials where they, they have the button to keep the games going? The Giants have like a Lamont Wade button to keep their go- to keep their games going. They just hit the button and Lamont Wade like activates his like robot <laughs> self and just like hits a two run double in the eighth inning. I mean, he's what Barry an, what Bonds. He's Barry Bonds reincarnated. Yeah, who I mean, does he guy- think he is? Who do they think they all are? Who There's are these people? This I am. <laughs> yeah. Like an island of misfit toys and also dudes that are way too old that decide to have resurrecting seasons. And you're not going to like to hear this. Uh, but just based off digging uh, where the Giants are at right now, a, a recent report um, about one of their guys that has been on the aisle that very much could cause damage for the Dodgers, Evan Longoria. He has been taking, quote unquote, a lot of swings as of Wednesday per Gabe Kapler. And so it sounds like there's a chance that Evan Longoria could come back into the lineup as well this weekend. And this season he's posted a 289 average because, but because of course, you know, a washed up player for the Giants all of a sudden decides to put up relatively solid, consistent numbers. He had 10 home runs and limited at bat. So uh, that's just another guy that could punish the Dodgers in some random possible way, even though Longoria is way past his prime. So, yeah, it's just an, 
a consistent thing with this team. Austin Slaters of the world that just drive in runs out of nowhere. That's the problem with the Giants. And I think that's the one thing Dodgers fans have to be ready for is that the Giants are heavily unpredictable day in, day out. Um, and the one positive is the lineup has not been producing consistently over the past week. Yeah, and you, you, you said the guys that we're going to see quite a bit. We're throwing Price and Arias on Friday and Saturday. So what, what does that mean? We're going to see Darren Ruff in the lineup every day. We're going to see Slater in the lineup every day. And we're going to see Chris Bryant in the lineup every day. Those are going to be their three guys that they counter our lefties with. Lamont Wade can't hit lefties. He just can't hit lefties. So he's going to be a late-game uh, substitution. Uh, Yastrzemski as well, might be a late game substitution at once, once they get rid of Arias and price. Uh, so fully expect Lamont Wade to pinch hit in these games and possibly hit a home run late in the game. It's also a battle of the best two pitching staffs in all of major league baseball. Dodgers sit on top with a three Oh one team ERA giants trail them in second three twenty nine. So runs might come at a bare minimum here, which will be important for the Dodgers to really work the pitching count of the starting pitchers for the Giants because the Giants do have some great relievers, but they also have some guys that will falter under pressure. And I just wanted to say, because the last time Dusty was on the show, he actually predicted Scott Casimir, now a silver silver medalist, was going to make an appearance for the Giants, and he did. Maybe they bring him back out of thin air. Oh, God, if that happens again and Casimir goes out and shuts us down, I, I'm going to turn my TV off as, as soon as possible. But <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's just there's always that feeling you get with the Dodgers and the Giants. And both, you know, all three of you guys have kind of already led into it. But it's just always expect the unexpected with these series because it never goes exactly how you expect it to. Um, except for, I can almost assure you, yeah, Lamont Wade is somehow going to hit some late inning home run, uh, as David predicted there. I'll also throw in as well. If Evan Longoria is somehow brought back into the lineup within his first two at bats, he's going to cause some sort of damage against the Dodgers because that's just what's going to happen. It's just inevitable. He'll rip a double down the left field line with a runner at second cash in a run. It's going to be something like that. The Dodgers offense is going to have to produce at least five runs each game is my my guess maybe the one with Bueller they need three but even with the Arias game there's always something with the Dodgers bullpen in some of these the Dodgers getting five runs is the magic number this weekend is there anything else in this Dodgers Giants series you guys wanted to cover cover before we move on to the final segments of the show yeah I mean it's interesting both of these offenses like like I think Dusty said are, are kind of struggling uh, last 15 games, Crawford and Posey are hitting under 200. Uh, Belt 270, Yastrzemski 243, Bryant 250, Ruff 280 is the one hot guy. And the Dodgers offense is, aside from Trey Turner, who's hitting 346 with a 920 OPS, and Will Smith, who's hitting 333 with an OPS over 1,000 and four home runs. You got Muncie, Seeger, Taylor, and Bellinger all hitting under 200 the last 15 games. Uh, so this is a good series for these guys to get out of this slump. Um, the pitching is, they're not going to be overwhelmed by these pitchers. Uh, none of, none of these pitchers, pitchers we face this series are lights out. They're just not, could they be lights out against the Dodgers? Yes, but we're not seeing Webb. We're not seeing Gosman. We're not seeing the Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff of the Brewers. None of that this series. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, especially Muncie and Seager come out of these slumps quite a bit. Uh, and just get on base more. Uh, you know, Muncie's still hitting home runs. 
you know, Betts is hitting home runs, but I, I just want to see these guys work the count, get on base, get into this bullpen early in the first game uh, because you're looking at two bullpen games over the weekend. So if you can get into the bullpen in the first game, you're going to be in good shape. You're going to force them to make a move out of the minor leagues, call someone up that shouldn't necessarily be up. Uh, but if, if we get shut down by Quintana and Sammy Long, I'm going to be inconsolable. <laughs> well, it's worth mentioning that Max Muncy absolutely owns the Giants. Yeah. So we got that going for us. Some other news and notes in the Dodgers camp. They did put a claim in. They got a couple of relievers from the Chicago Cubs. Jake Jewell and Ryan Meisinger, two right-handed pitchers. Don't know what their role is going to be with the Dodgers in terms of this season. But it's funny that you guys brought them up earlier. Sheldon Noisy and Luke Rayleigh have been so bad for the Dodgers that they decided to put them on the 60-day IL, which effectively will end their season. That made room for those pitchers I just talked about. And then the Dodgers today called up Andrew Vasquez, who they recently acquired, a lefty who has not appeared in the majors this season. He threw 42 innings in AAA, has a 3.61 ERA. He's on the major league staff. So I guess let's see what he has to offer. Felipe Vasquez is alias, I guess. Oh, God. I hope not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's hope not. Uh, lefty reliever, and I've dug into him a little bit. Uh, it sounds like the kind of guy that's going to fill in a role similar to what we've seen from Brule. Um, I, honestly, at the end of the day, and I can't remember who mentioned this earlier, but what, what we've seen here is what we've got with this team. Um, the, the lineup, the, the rotation, the bullpen, this is it outside of Kershaw. Uh, when Kershaw gets back, I mean, we're going to see what we take here to the playoffs. And so um, I don't see too many other players, uh, including a Neftali Felice, for example, that somehow is trying to make a resurrection after David Freeze decided to ruin his career. I mean, it's just it's not going to be, I think, any other quiet difference makers, including the guys that they decided to pick up off waivers. Uh, I just think at this point, roles have been set um, and uh, the Dodgers are rolling with what they've got at this point in time. And you just got to sit back and enjoy the ride at this point. The Dodgers also placed Scott Alexander on the 60 day IL. Once again, I don't think I've ever seen a reliever placed on the 60 day twice in one season. He's just been a disaster ever since he put, he put on a Dodgers uniform. It's like the third time they've had to end his season early. So toodles, I guess, Alexander. <laughs> Finally, the Dodgers after the giants go to St. Louis. They have a four game series with the Cardinals who are, back in the pennant race for uh, the second wildcard spot. Right now, they're lined up to face a number of notable starters, including Miles Mikolas, Jay Happ, Adam Wainwright, and Kim. So it's not really a series we have to dive too deep into just yet, but it's worth noting. Uh, is there anything else you guys wanted to cover in terms of the Dodgers or around Major League Baseball in general? I just would like to see the Dodgers – secure first place in this series versus the giants and just hold on to it the rest of the way, just like they always do. I just feel like that is something that now that they've, that they've closed the gap and they've tied the giants for first place. Now is the time to just make that push and just run away with this thing. There is no other team, including the giants in the division or the rest of the national league that can challenge this team. It's just too good. And it's a team that even at the beginning of the season, before we uh, saw Max Scherzer and Trey Turner put on Dodger blue, I thought was the best constructed team I've ever seen. And it may have even gotten better 
since the additions of Scherzer and Trey Turner. Um, and we'll see what happens when, uh, when Kershaw comes back and when Mookie finally puts it together and, and he's in, you know, somewhat healthy, we know he's battling injuries the entire time. Um, and, and what happens when Cody Bellinger wakes up from his season long nap? Um, that's when we're going to see what this team is made of. I would like to get your thoughts on Cody Bellinger though, guys. Cause like that to me is something that I just, I get, he's coming back from injuries and you know, he's, he's recovering and all that, but he just, he just looks lost up there. Yeah, it's a disaster in terms of what you see from Bellinger at the plate. Uh, the approach is, it's really hard to watch. Uh, I've mentioned this on y'all's last podcast as well, but I've actually, my, my hitting coach when I played was Robert Van Skoyok, who is the Dodgers hitting coach. So I know exactly what he's teaching. Um, Robert makes it a very evident point to stay inside the ball, drive it to the opposite field, and stay inside the zone for as long as possible and it almost feels like Bellinger doesn't do any of that whatsoever. He pulls out of the zone. He yanks his head out. And he, I mean, obviously with his stance, it's one of the more unique stances you'll see. I don't really have a problem with that. It worked for him in his MVP season. Uh, any guy can stand however they want. But it's how they go through the zone and finish. And Bellinger doesn't really go through the zone all that long because he pulls himself out of it so quickly. I wonder if it's an approach factor um, there was a, a time a couple weeks ago where it looked like Bellinger might actually kind of figure it out. He was starting to stay in the zone a little bit longer. And then it's almost like he stopped practicing what he, he was being preached, you know? And so I'm just kind of concerned about him from an offensive standpoint, long-term defensively. He's elite. He is an elite outfielder defensively. Um, and that may help them come postseason time and it could help them this series. But Dave Roberts has now said that he's going to be a platoon, and I think it's kind of deserved uh, and it may help them more that way because he's probably most valuable at this point as a defensive replacement, if we're being honest. And it's crazy to say that because this guy was the MVP two years ago. It's just hard to wrap your mind around a guy that's still very young uh, that has potential dad strength too, mind you. Um, and uh, you know, he just hasn't produced at this level and, and it may take throughout the off season for him to fix his approach and really try to learn how to get back through the zone as complete as possible. Because if you watch his swing, man, it is, it's pretty painful. Put it side by side with uh, a guy like Mike Trout or Miguel Cabrera, who stays inside the ball better than anybody. I mean, it is like night and day, the difference. Uh, and obviously it's a lefty versus a righty swing. Doesn't matter. Um, you can put that side by side with Joe Maurer and you'll see a massive difference too. Uh, Maurer had one of the most clean, uh, consistent zones and swings, I should say back in the day. It's, it's tough. It's tough watching Bellinger right now. And I have no problem if he's platooned and used more as, you know, a defensive replacement late in games, which sucks. Yeah. yeah the, the slump is all Bob Nightingale's fault because first Bob tweeted that Bellinger is in a season long funk. Then Bellinger got hot. And then what does Bob do? He tweets that Bellinger's hot and now he's back to sucking. But yeah, I agree. Bellinger at this point, I've been saying it for a while now. He's your eighth hitter. You lock him in there, and now he's a platoon, which is unfortunate given how talented he can be, but it's just not his year, unfortunately. Yeah, it's somewhat of a lost year, uh, but at the same time, we've seen him contribute even recently. Uh, the other night in the seventh inning, uh, the Dodgers were down one run with a man on first, and he singled the right field, getting Pollock to third, and then the next at-bat, Chris Taylor hit a sack fly, which tied the game. 
So he's, it's still in there. It's just we're not going to see it consistently, and that's going to be the case for the rest of this season. Uh, you're coming off shoulder surgery. You broke a leg. You look like you just lived on the beach for a couple weeks, and you're just not it this year. So, look, I still believe in Cody Bellinger's future, uh, but for this year, you're absolutely right. You, you can't play him when you have guys like A.J. Pollock and Chris Taylor, although Chris Taylor's been struggling recently, uh, which makes the, the decision to play Bellinger at all even a lot easier. Uh, but when you have guys who are, are who are hot like Pollock and if Chris Taylor gets hot again, you just there's no spot for him. Uh, but this weekend in Oracle with that big uh, right center field, uh, I think you see Bellinger for two games here. Dodgers went 21 and six in the month of August. They absolutely steamrolled the competition. They picked up the win to kick off September. Hope you all have a great Labor Day weekend coming up. Again, Corey Seager, World Series bobblehead giveaway. DM us, believe, because that's what this season's all about. Don't give up. When the Dodgers seemed like it was just not going their way back in April and May, you just had to believe, and here they are back in first place. All right, guys, I thank, I thank you all for joining me once again. This was a great episode. Dusty, thank you. Anything else you wanted to add before we kick it, kick the show off? Yeah. Uh, it's a, <laughs> you mean out Kevin, you mean, yeah. you mean leave. Yeah. I was, I was letting it kind of pan out. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, yeah. To send us out. I mean, honestly, yeah. first of all, uh, to end the show, what do you mean? Play us out. <laughs> that's it. That's it, baby. That's all we got now. Um, that's it. That's all today, folks. Uh, honestly, I'm very, excited to see this series i think the dodgers have a chance to make a true statement it's not going to be easy path for them it never has been vince scully said it all the time it's never been easy for the dodgers after the giants you still got the padres you still got the reds who if the dodgers did play in the wild card game i think that's who they would be playing so uh, they've got some tests ahead of them the cardinals as well but let's focus on this weekend this is the biggest series of the season for the dodgers no doubt about it and uh, they should take at least two out of three. I'm going to say it right here. The Dodgers are going to sweep the series. They're going to sweep right. it under the rug, and they're going to take that momentum into their series with St. Louis. I agree. That would be give so 2018-like. Give, give me a two out of three series. That's what I'm predicting. Right. Some, some, some fluky Giants crap happens in one of these games. I'm just, just, I just have to prepare myself for that. All of us have been comparing this season to 2018. Well, you know how the Dodgers ended 2018 when they had to win those games against the Giants? They swept them and they blew them out. And then they forced that 163 against the Rockies. Also, comparing this roster to 2018, this this team is leaps and bounds better than that 2018 team. I'm sorry. I know there's a lot of people out there that just started becoming fans in 2018 and don't remember the other years. Um, but yeah, th- th- this team is leaps and bounds better. No, no, no question about it. Yeah, All right, David, team. why don't you go there? You do the Eric Gagne for us. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're kick done. it off. Kick it off, David. I, I've said my piece. Game over. We're going to sweep them. <laughs> All right. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. Description's in the handle below. Follow the Incline Pod on Twitter. You can follow the Incline Dodgers on Instagram and Facebook, where we have all types of fun updates and, of course, where you can get direct feeds to these episodes. Dodgers fans, this is September. Our time is now. Let's do this. Thank you all for listening. We are out.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.